Hello and welcome to The Point Podcast, episode four. My name is Nate Tubbs. Alongside me is Jack Powers. We have a very special episode lined up for you here today. Uh, we're going to be going over the Super Bowl, of course. You already know that's the, the biggest news of the week, so we got to touch on that a lot. Uh, we have attempted trades, all-star breaks. We got trade deadlines, sorry, free agency going on, including spring training. Uh, that's, that's on the horizon. And Jack, I'm excited for it, oh, but yeah. I think uh, we got to start here with the Super Bowl. You know, uh, was it the outcome we were looking for? Maybe not. Uh, was it the game we were looking for? Maybe not. But it was, as promised, it was a very good game. I think it was well officiated, which was a uh, you know a clean drink of water after a uh, a season that had some rough officiating. But Jack, uh, why don't you give us a rundown here? Yeah, definitely not the outcome that America was probably looking for. Uh, Chiefs winning their third Super Bowl in five years. Mahomes getting his third Super Bowl MVP. You know, I think, though, the game was entertaining. The game was very entertaining from just a football fan perspective. Mm -hmm. That's a game I'm going to remember. I'm not going to forget that game. Um, I don't think I can even remember the last time a Super Bowl won in the OT in my lifetime. I'm sure there was one, but... Uh, well, we had the the Patriots versus the Falcons. Oh, that's that true. went to, to overtime. It was a short overtime, though. That was back before sure. the rules. Um, speaking of rules uh, changing, we had a whole kind of fiasco there with Kyle Shanahan not really uh, preparing his team for the the possibility of overtime. Now, I don't know if this is a matter of like some hubris, like we're oh we're not going to overtime, like we're either taking this or or we're losing. Um, but this is something that the Chiefs supposedly prepared for. So, like, how, how do you feel about that? That a team making it all the way to the Super Bowl isn't ready for the possibility of overtime. I just don't understand how the 49ers can sit here and say they didn't know the overtime rules for the playoffs. Yeah, is it just an excuse, or do you genuinely think it's just a lack of preparation? I think, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You can't you can't go into a play, the playoffs in general and not know that rule. Everybody knew the rule. Everybody watching the Super Bowl when the ref was explaining the overtime rules knew the rule. Mm-hmm. How are these guys coming up after the game saying, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that? I didn't know we were doing it like that. Yeah. Either way, you didn't score on your first drive. Exactly. Either way. So at the end of the day, even if you didn't know, you know you didn't score. And you knew if they scored, if we were going to the original rule still, that they would win. Right. It's, don't, don't come out here with the excuses. Um, Kyle Shanahan came out. He said they did review, uh, review the rules. Um, so now you got this. Yeah. Inbound. What's going on mm-hmm. in the room? I, I don't know if that's just an excuse. I don't know if they're trying to make themselves look better, but I think it makes them personally look more stupid. Oh, yeah, especially if you have players and coaches saying conflicting things. Maybe the players just were trying to, uh, you know, cover themselves or, you yeah. know, get themselves out of the, the line of fire in terms of, uh, in terms of fan persecution. And I, I think football, like any other sport, is really a matter of momentum. So, you, you know, 
this is such a huge like momentum statement who's getting the ball first in overtime and uh, you know I, I can't blame them for wanting to receive in overtime because that's kind of how it's always been but yeah. in this specific game you have to prepare for that you have to be ready and uh, yeah this uh, that's going to leave a, a bad taste in the, the mouths of 49ers fans uh, another matter of uh, kind of drama that we got out of the Super Bowl uh, was early on. Travis Kelsey uh, really animated getting in the face of Andy Reid. Uh, I, w- I was not a huge fan of that personally. Um, I don't know the personal dynamic between the two of them, but in any sense, uh, it came across as kind of crybaby, kind of, bro, my girlfriend's here. Like, yeah. Everybody's girl Taylor is there. Taylor Swift focused like, all of it. Yeah. Yes. It, it kind of. Uh, had a bit of like a main character syndrome effect on me like he really really genuinely and to be honest he should have been out there but i i don't know reacting like that on the biggest stage not the best look what do you think um yep the pressure's high yeah tensions are gonna be through the roof but you never touch your coach like that you never push him what does that teach younger players exactly younger players and all the millions and millions of of people watching Mm -hmm. not only little kids but also like coaches are they just going to watch that and think that it's okay to yeah you know have one of your players like just in your face like that because Andy Reid I think that was an opportunity for him to you know set the record straight like uh, really establish that dynamic between him and Kelsey um but you know you gotta show respect to Reed as well for maintaining his composure uh and still leading them to victory yeah I mean if you're in a coaching position I don't even know what you would do in that situation Mm -hmm. he kind of just seemed shocked um yeah but I will say that they did he did apologize on the New Heights podcast with Jason Kelsey, the Kelsey's mm-hmm. podcast. You know, Jason confronted him and said, this is unacceptable. You should have never done that. And he apologized. Mm-hmm. But it's so crazy to me. I mean, I look at the pictures right now, and his veins are literally popping out of the sides of his yeah. He's He's so angry with Andy Reid. He's so angry. Now, Andy Reid is a great coach. He's a great coach. Obviously, they were down right at this point, facing a little adversity, but... I just, I just don't understand how you can do that. Yeah, there had to have been other moments during the season too where he felt the upset about something. But did he do that? No. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I'm it, shocked. It, it felt too animated. Uh, I think yeah. the best leadership that you can show is just uh, putting that faith in your coach. Uh, that's an example to set to the younger guys on the team. Like even if things don't go the way that you want them to go. Uh, you're still okay with it because you know it's bigger than you. Um, with that being said, I think it's very respectable that uh, he went on that podcast um, with his brother and uh, not only his willingness to apologize for that, but also his brother's willingness to call him out on that. I think that shows um, a lot of respect between the two of them. Uh, I, I think that's um, a good uh, a good show of, of face for the for the two of them. Um, yeah, and obviously, I mean, nobody knows what their relationship like exactly. is outside of them being on cameras on the field, yeah. um, except the team. I will say, the one question I do have is, what if this was another player? Other than Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, any of their starters, what, 
Imagine if this was a bench player mm-hmm. that did that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Get off the team. Undoubtedly. Like, you're going to the locker room or you're sitting on the bench uh, for the rest of the game. That, I just... That, that's a really good question. Um, it, it's it's just something you can't do. You cannot do. And yeah, I'm sure I, I know he doesn't. He's not proud of it. Yeah. So that, that almost makes it more disappointing. Like thinking about it as if it was another player. Like it yeah. really only was acceptable because I think people joked about it as if he was just like that's my girls up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just Kelsey. Um, you know, there was a, a whole uh, weekend of partying. I'm not sure if Patrick Mahomes got a minute of sleep. I saw him on some of those yeah. interviews. He's, uh, his eyes were <laughs> <laughs> nearly swollen shut. Um, and as, the, uh, as those events progressed, uh, you know, being from Colorado, I was a part of the Avalanche uh, parade when they won the Stanley yeah. Cup. And there are a lot a lot of people and you are always kind of preparing for something to go wrong and unfortunately in this world sometimes things do go wrong and they did there in in Kansas City um that that shooting is absolutely devastating to hear in the in the sports world and I don't know you you always uh, think of these things potentially happening and it's really sad because these are people just celebrating their team these are people just trying to live their lives and enjoy uh, back-to-back Super Bowl victories like it is supposed to be fun Uh, it is supposed to be uh, nothing but happy times for Kansas City fans yet it turns into something so tragic yeah and uh, it's just unfortunate, unfortunate that that just keeps happening in a lot of places. You know, um, it's becoming the norm. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. It's becoming the norm. I think for college students like you and I, we are not shocked. No, not at all. And I think that's. That's the worst part about it is, you know, we always hear about these things, whether it's at a Super Bowl celebration, uh, wherever it may be, it's just another shooting at this point. And we're just praying that people aren't killed. Uh, We're praying that, uh, you know, things can be different, but they just they just aren't. And I don't know. um, There's more information uh, being put out there about the the details of this shooting but you just don't know if it's somebody that's too drunk or if it's somebody that's mentally ill if it's a 49ers fan who took the loss uh really to heart and maybe has some of uh his own problems going on there's just so many human factors that that go into a situation like this and i i don't know how it can be avoided but it's just so sad that this has become yeah. uh, something that not only is relatively normal when it happens uh, or it just doesn't cut as deep anymore, but it's something that we don't know how to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just was reading an AP article uh, by the Associated Press saying that it came after a dispute between fans. Mm-hmm. It's insane that people are just willing to pull a gun over a dispute um, yeah. in the first place. And I think the fact that 
people like you and I are numb to these sort of things now is the issue in itself. It is the issue. Yeah. We have to demand better of yeah. our, our, our fellow NFL fans, our, yeah. our fellow people. The first time I heard of a mass shooting, I think I was it, freaking out by yeah. it. Oh, I was gut wrenched. Yeah. And now it's like, there it is again. Yeah. There it is again. When does it stop? When does change happen? When does, you know, wh- when does any of this stuff get going? You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, all these news outlets are going to go to their politicians that they always have on. They're going to say, say the same stuff, mm-hmm. advocate for change, and it feels like nothing happens out of it every time. Yeah. It becomes a big issue. It lasts for about a month or two, and then it and dies out the until the next one. Yep. And that's the that's the wrong thing. I mean, one one is dead, more than twenty wounded. It's sad that one died. Thankfully, not more than one has died as of yet. Um, but the amount of people that keep dying yeah. of the gun violence that, and mass shootings is unfortunate. That, that's somebody who they got up in the morning with a smile on their face that their their chiefs had won. They knew they were going to go downtown and celebrate with the rest of the city. And you never want a situation like that to be accompanied by thoughts of you getting shot. It's simply unfathomable. Um, I think we should leave it at that. Uh, It's a terrible thing. But we we just got to keep on marching on. We got to keep on demanding better of ourselves and our peers and try to uh, hold our communities accountable. Especially the the people who have these leadership roles who can make those changes. Yes. Set a better standard. Yes. All righty. Let's get into some NBA stuff. First, let's talk about how the Warriors and apparently the 76ers both reached out to the Lakers, wanting LeBron. Um, Apparently, there were talks between Draymond Green's agent, who is also the same agent as LeBron, about pairing them up. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, LeBron said no, but... Yeah, uh, that was kind of a far-fetched uh, thing uh, that, that I don't think was ever going to happen, but it's kind of interesting to speculate on the what-if. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would undoubtedly be the biggest uh, trade like that since KD to the Warriors, in my opinion. I think uh, in, in terms of absolute impact yeah. on the media, because um, we've had a lot of super teams. Oh, yeah, I remember be, when KD signed with the Warriors over the summer. Oh, yeah. July 4th, I was driving in my car with my parents. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I'll always remember that day. Slam on the brakes. I, yeah. Katie's on the Warriors. I mean, that, that really was a pivotal point in NBA history. Oh, yeah. It has absolutely shaped, shaped the way the game is played to this day. Um, it, it was... It was fun times back then. Fun times in the NBA. Uh, I, I was definitely yeah. salty about that as a as a Nuggets fan at the time. But I mean, as a as a Warriors hater growing up, yeah, that that had. I was an OKC disturbing. fan. I saw them blow the three one lead right before he did that, Ooh. so it was even more frustrating. Ooh. But um, on top of that, let's talk about you know where teams kind of stand. Um, your Nuggets. They're on a three-game skid. Uh, lost to my Kings. Yeah, <laughs> and and speaking of those Kings, like they're uh, they're really kind of cementing themselves as a oh, contender. Yeah. Uh, you know that that is a team with talent that can definitely take them deep in the postseason. It's also a uh, it's a stadium that can take them deep into the postseason. Yeah. I, I do not 
want to see my Nuggets playing in Sacramento. It's tough. Uh, yeah, those those are not easy wins. Uh, Demontis, obviously, oh, he's an absolute, and he's not an All Star. <laughs> unbelievable. Thirty-seven but straight double doubles for the guy. You keep him healthy. You keep him healthy, you and you keep him hungry. Like he's got to be. Uh, he's got another chip on his shoulder. He's like, I gotta. I got something more to prove at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of the mentality that you really want to have, uh, especially at this this point in the season. Yeah, and I, the West is a toss-up right now. Absolutely. The West is an absolute toss-up. I think the one through six seed right now in that playoffs are pretty good matchups no matter who you're playing. Mm-hmm. But that's what's going to be great about the West Coast um, with all that. Yeah. I mean, the, the Timberwolves are scary. Yeah. They are scary. So are the Thunder. Yeah. Uh, they're all up there at the top. The, the Clippers, mm-hmm. they're, they're there now. They're all right there within a couple games of each other. They're, yeah, this and they're all very talented. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it shapes up near the end. Mm-hmm. Um, this this top five has all been within like five games of each other. The top four alone within three games yeah. of each other. Like uh, it, it really is an exciting time uh, to be an NBA fan. Uh, on the Eastern side of things, though, the Celtics are definitely yeah they they are running away with it. They got a six game lead on the Cavaliers, who were on a uh, the Cavs a cra- are hot. Yeah, they're on a crazy win streak, but the Celtics are just like. Uh, they're they're kind of like maybe maybe not this year's Chiefs, but they definitely feel like the Chiefs. Like oh, they're yeah. they're just uh, they're the team to beat. They got the the mark on their back, so to speak. Uh, Pistons also vying for their uh, their ninth win <laughs> <laughs> here coming up soon. The Wizards on a oh, gosh this, eight game losing yeah. streak. The Kings just lost to the Pistons. Would you believe they they lost to the Pistons on the they had a back to back. They played Denver mm-hmm. and beat Denver. That's how, that's yeah. it's like, dude. What is going on? As a Kings fan, I'm just sitting. There. <laughs> really, we lose to Detroit and then we beat, you know, the defending champs. Yeah, I, I guess uh, it's one of those things where it's like you you play to your opposition. Uh, and yeah. I mean, the it's not like the Pistons are a bad team necessarily. Yeah, they have good yeah, players. It, they can win games, and <laughs> I think their their losing streak was just. Uh, miraculous and hilarious, but yeah, I, that goes to show that even the the worst of the NBA can still take out an elite team. Oh, it can. Uh, okay. Yeah, your your Kings sitting there uh, in the bubble at at eight. What do you think they have to do um, to rise the the rankings and really ready themselves? They got to stop playing down to their opponents. Yeah, they've lost games to good teams, mm-hmm. which is I think acceptable. You want to learn from those. Yeah, and I think they have, but you got to stop playing down to teams. Like when Detroit comes into your place, you can't be losing to the Rockets. Mm-hmm. You can't lose to the Spurs. And they have a tough schedule coming up, very tough schedule, yeah. um, through basically the end of February throughout March. I'll be interested to see how that goes because they're going to be playing some good teams, but then you get a game of the, against the Spurs. They have a game against the Rockets. Yeah. I would not be shocked at all as a Kings fan to tell anybody I bet they drop one of those two games against the Spurs or Rockets just because they're going to be trying to play against these great teams and they'll get wins. They'll probably get some losses against those good teams. That's just natural. And then they'll probably (laughs) end up dropping games. And I think that goes for a lot of teams, though, around the league. It's not just the Kings. Uh, Denver's been doing that. Um, (laughs) OKC does it every once in a while. It's it's very – 
it's so weird where the what I just I don't even know what how this is going to finish at the end because yeah. no, it's really exciting to be honest and I like that it's a coin toss I like that yeah you can uh, you can look at these uh, these conference standings and just take so many different angles out of it um, you know in in terms of like the teams on the cusp of making the playoffs you're down there uh lakers warriors jazz rockets on the west uh and then you got bulls hawks nets and raptors they they definitely have some work to do but those are exciting storylines for who's going to make it who's going to be left out um i i love those those bubble games because while they might not you know uh, be real contenders oh, in yeah. the eyes of people right now. It's like they can really find themselves in these situations uh, with their backs against the wall. So yeah, a lot of a lot of good games coming up. Uh, Golden State in there too. It's just yeah, even if they get in, they're still scared. You can never count them out. And I mean, Curry, he's on a historic run uh, yeah. right now. Uh, what is that? Back to back to back games with seven threes. Yep. Uh, I uh, I mean I, I could not be. More Speaking impressive. of best shooters ever. <laughs> let's, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. We have the All-Star break happening, actually, this upcoming weekend, throughout mm-hmm. the week. Long break this year. Um, however, Curry is going to be playing a WNBA player, yep. Sabrina Ionescu. She played at Oregon. She's yes. a great shooter. Yeah. She plays for the New York Liberty it's gonna be fun to watch that. Oh yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm she, she excited holds, for it. She holds the NBA and WNBA like combined record in the yep. three point contest. Uh, Sabrina also like the the protege of Kobe. Yeah, I think she's, uh, for lack of a better term, got that dog in her. And yeah. I am I I I think I'm arguably more excited for this matchup than any other thing uh, to be brought out of that. Um, these all-star festivities, but I, I just gotta give props to the NBA for actually yeah. uh, and WNBA for putting this on. I, I think yeah. this is creative. It shows that they're trying to um, put the WNBA into the mainstream market in a way that people are are excited for, and that's always been the problem: is people don't want to see, uh, you know. Uh, the WNBA just kind of forced into the mainstream without actually backing it up yeah. with the entertainment value. But this absolutely promises that. Uh, so I'm really excited. Um, WNBA is on the up. Absolutely. It's on the up. And, uh, you know, these these women are getting very, very good. I, oh, they co- be, college basketball? like They could beat some a lot of a lot of men basketball players that that's not an understatement they could beat a lot of these guys um which is great for basketball and um i love how sabrina she was going to be shooting from the wmba three-point line mm-hmm. she's been she's been requesting to actually shoot from the nba line which yeah. i love I, why not i think that's a, a great display um especially like uh, that they were going to give that to her. Um, she wants, it, it, you know, who who doesn't want it to be like as little asterisks as possible? Like yeah. uh, same same playing field. And for for those of uh, uh, those of the fans that are kind of 
um, up in arms a bit about them using different basketballs. That in it, it simply just makes sense. Like the size of their hands are just different. Yeah, and it's I just genetics. Yeah, I life is. I don't think it makes as big of a difference as some people make it out to be in terms of like. Uh, the ball being able to go into the hoop. Yeah. So I, I'm very excited for that. Uh, Sabrina, a beast, Steph, you know, the goat behind the arc. They should throw uh, Caitlin Clark in there <laughs> from Why Iowa. It, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to sick. see all these. I, I would love uh, a little cameo. Just the more, like, special stuff that they come up with, uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I appreciate any, like, show that they, they really care about the game and they care about the, the fans. Well, Caitlin Clark's going for that scoring record. Yeah, in um, NCAA, over uh, over Plum, right? Yeah, she's she's a real dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think she's one, gonna kill it in the WNBA too. Absolutely. One thing that's understated is like she's uh, she's been there um, all four years, and yeah. she's finishing out her degree. I think. Um, yeah, respect. Yes, very very respectable. Caitlin Clark, she's just fun to watch. Yeah. It, like at, at the bottom line, like if if you're tuning into uh, Iowa Iowa right, yeah. uh, tuning into an Iowa game, like you know it's. Um, it's going to be fun, which you can't yeah. you can't say about all these games. But uh, another team, uh, women's basketball team that I love is um, South Carolina. Yes, they they've always been very good too. They're a lot of fun. Kind of took over the UConn role when UConn yeah. basketball was up there. Yeah, but I mean, I always struggled. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I always struggled watching WNBA or mm-hmm. women's basketball in general, and not because I was against it. I just it was a little slower, and you know, the I didn't see the talent as the same. Yeah. But they have got so good. Yeah. In the past like five years, it's it, it's very similar now to each other, and but that's what they needed. Yeah, in uh, terms of entertainment like, value. Yes, basically. and and competition uh, between the teams like. It's hard to buy, or it was hard to buy into it because I wasn't fully sold on like them caring about the competition yeah. as much as they, as much as the NBA or as much as the other mainstream sports. But I think we're in a much better place. You know, I've always been been curious. Uh, do you think uh, it would be a net positive or a net negative if they? Uh, lower the rim uh, by a foot to say nine feet like would you get more dunks would it be more entertaining or would that just be kind of like the insensitive thing to do Mm, I think they keep it where it's at because I think there'd be a lot of women upset about that too yeah I don't think it's just trying to make it more entertaining I think that you know these women you know they're dunking now yes they're they're dunking for sure (laughs) it's not like they're not um but that that wasn't the case, you know. I mean, that definitely took away from their yeah. entertainment side. But I think that they're they're very athletic. It they're only progressing as a sport, mm-hmm. and the attention is starting to stream in from fans. And yeah, it you know if it stays the same, maybe if they they still struggle with revenue and stuff and all that, and they want more fans to feel more entertained. But I think. Um, I, I love the equal playing field between men and women, and I think that's what's important. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the WNBA I, you know, were to move that three-point line back eventually yeah. to the NBA. Why not? I mean, if Sabrina can go out there and 
B. Curry, which I'm not saying mm-hmm. she can't. I think she 100% can. Um, then who says they can't? I mean, yeah, she's going to defy odds, I think. Oh, absolutely. Clay Thompson even said she, he's, he's rooting for her over Curry. <laughs> we love Clay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clay, he's not been the the Clay that I know. Wazoo alum, though. That's what's up. Yeah, uh, he he's a great guy, and uh, his brother Jace. Uh, you know, he plays for the wrong team. Actually, I'm not sure if he's still on the Dodgers. Uh, I think he I, is. I haven't seen him leave anywhere. He right. might not be, but he's still good. Anyways, yeah, that's it for our All Star break talk and all the NBA stuff. Yeah, let's get in the MLB. What we really, really, really love talking about. Yeah. First off, let's talk about some moves and some new facilities and stuff. Kansas City, they're talking about a new stadium. Great for them. Yeah. I think they need it. Um, they're a team that, you know, with Bobby Witt Jr., they started paying people. Mm-hmm. They're on the up. Their stadium's old. It's only time. Yeah, and this is a, a city that, you know, now they are kind of more demanding success. They have cemented themselves as a – uh, as very much an NFL city, and yes. you got the Royals there. Uh, they've been kind of weak for the past few years. They've got a World Series ring uh, in the past what decade? Yeah. That might be a little over ten years ago now. Um, yeah, time flies. <laughs> time flies. Uh, that that was a good year for baseball. I wonder how much um, the Chiefs' success factors into them getting a new stadium. I, I'd like to think it does uh, because, in, yeah, in terms of ownership, uh, I think they can see how much money the Chiefs are making, how many fans are being brought in outside of the yeah. Kansas City market. Um, As a city, it, you got to be making more money, too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, now you're vying for a lot more Taylor Swift attention. Like True. the way the Chiefs have uh, have played their cards is is really masterful, yeah. honestly. And um, it makes it easier for the Royals. Uh, I mean, literally, if you build it, they will come. Uh, just one nicer yeah. stadium. Uh, now you got people talking about it. You got us talking about it. And uh, yeah, you get the people excited. Uh, soon enough, you got more money to build a better roster. And yep. yeah, like like you brought up, building a team around Bobby Wood Jr. They just signed uh, they signed that man to Buku days. And um, yeah, yeah, he he promises to be potentially the next George Brett for that team, the next yeah. uh, Mr. Royal. So that's um, he will be too. I don't think. Yeah, he he's he's got the the personality to back it up. I yeah. think it's just uh, it's a good time to be a young guy in the in the MLB right now. You got Jackson Holiday. He's uh, he's looking up Corbin Gunnar Corbin. Henderson uh, and the entire Orioles roster. That's very exciting. Uh, and like you just brought up, Corbin Carroll, absolute stud there in Arizona. Uh, Yo, <laughs> <laughs> across the board in the MLB, uh, we are just looking at more talent. Uh, we've had a lot of exciting moves, um, and they're not on teams that have always been necessarily good. Which yes, is even better. We're getting a nice even display, minus the Rockies. Yeah, a nice even <laughs> display of talent. You know, the Rockies, Rockies. Yeah, they're kind of the they're the court jesters yeah. of uh, of us. Speaking of court jesters uh we got oakland gosh aren't they in disarray oh man yeah but speaking of oakland and the rockies uh they just um 
signed uh, what's her name Jenny yes Jenny Kavnar got a women's uh, yes answer. out of out of the Rockies uh, you know I can personally uh, speak like uh, I I know some of the people at Root Sports um, oh, Drew really? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, going to spring training as a kid uh, you know I was very blessed to have my my dad introduce me to some of those people and Jenny was one of them you got to introduce me dog <laughs> there we go <laughs> the Mariners are Root Sports too uh, Jenny was always so so nice uh and she's she's very good at her job i saw a lot of comments that kind of frustrated me as if she hasn't been doing this for over a decade um and she's she's earned this spot i hope she can keep it moving into las vegas and i hope she can uh prove to a lot of people yeah. that she knows what she's doing she knows ball um you, you know we have uh oh what's her name in in the nba uh oh Doris Burke. Doris Burke. Yeah, it the was Kings. The-, the Kings also have a um, color commentator too. Mm-hmm. This woman, it's great. I don't mind her. Some people, you know, love to yeah get upset about it. But if it really uh, wasn't a like merit based decision, you know, I think some of the frustration is warranted. Yeah. But Jenny is very good, yes. and uh, I, I'm excited for for the A's for that. Kind of sad to see her move away from Colorado, but that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Oakland in general, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's sad to see the the major fall off in sports. The exact opposite of what Kansas City's done. Yeah, yeah. All ha- you know, all happy. Their teams are on the up. Uh huh. Then you got Oakland fans who are absolutely upset. Yeah. You know. Uh, I, I, I've dealt with some of that that pain with the Chargers leaving San Diego, yes. but this is something different. Yeah. This it, it just feels uh, a lot worse. They've already like, lost the Raiders. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but this it, it's going to be their their last season in the Coliseum, uh, Coliseum right? Yeah. Um, so that that farewell tour. Who knows? There's a potential storyline there uh, for one of the the greatest baseball movies of all time uh should they they go on a nice postseason run i don't know if they have it uh within themselves to do that i don't think i don't think they do and i honestly don't (laughs) know that that i don't like that owner in oakland at all i can't think of his name but i know his face yeah i don't know of anybody that that likes um oakland's ownership it's crazy that they want to find an interim home Mm -hmm. after 2024 like just yeah. stay in Oakland for four more years right. until you can move. It's like they they, they really, really just want to leave. They hate Oakland. They I think they see, they see it as uh, they're they're not going to make any more money there. Like they've they've made people too mad. It's it's kind of over. Did you see what the the mayor of Las Vegas said though? Yeah, it's like she she was she even said she thinks they should stay in Oakland for the fans. Right. Not that she's probably against it. The move to Las Vegas because yeah. I think she came out and you know said she you know she's all for it, but <laughs> uh, it's crazy how the Vegas mayor is sitting here saying, "Well, it looks like there's a lot of problems for us arising with you guys trying to move here." Uh, you know, you guys sure you wanna yeah wanna do this? Like you would you would think with all the the hurdles to jump over, there might be a point of reflection. Like, hey, we can always just 
stay in Oakland. We uh, and I know a big aspect of them leaving had to do with uh, the Giants kind of yeah. having control over the Bay Area market, uh, not letting the new stadium uh, get approved for the area it was designated for. Yeah, um, yeah, hurdles, 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 but. Um, I don't know. It, it, the bottom line is uh, the fan loses. Yeah. The fan loses, and that's never what you want to see. They always seem to be the losers. Uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of just getting tossed back and forth. We're at yeah. the, the mercy of the tide. But we have a, a, it's still good vibes overall in the MLB. Um, but there are very interesting happenings in the world of free agency. God. The stove is not exactly hot. Uh, we it's it's heated up here and there. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a lot of big names on the board. We got Cody Bellinger, we got Matt Chapman, uh, and we got Blake Snell, um, who are all represented by or. By the same, uh, Boris, I want to say. yeah, by the same agent, Double Scott second. Boris. Uh, let's see, he he has um, control over five of the top ten Scott free agents. Boris. Yeah, uh, that being he has Snell too. He also has Chapman. <laughs> yeah, no, he's got all three. He's got oh, Bellinger, gosh. Snell, Jordan Montgomery, J.D. Martinez, uh, and Matt Chapman. Uh, you know, among others, I'm sure. And this is an MLB landscape that is now promising big bucks. And Scott Boras, uh, you know, he he knows the talent that he's got. He's been in the game for a long time. He's a name that, you know, yeah. might not be household, but he's definitely recognizable. And uh, at this point, like, do you think there's a problem with him controlling this much uh, talent this late in free agency? 100%. Um, I think as a free agent, you're trying to sell your client on the fact that you can get the best deal for him. Yeah. The absolute best. It's been rumored that he's trying to get Snell a nine-year deal. Mm. Snell's 31 years old. 31. No team is going to want a pitcher until they're 40 as a starting pitcher. Not a single team I can name off my hand. I, th I think the uh, the Padres signing of you Darvish uh, does yeah. go into his late 30s. But it's very rare, um, especially a, a decision like that, to be made out of free agency. You buying yeah. into a pitcher that is not promised to be the same pitcher he is now next season, the season after that, let alone nine seasons in the future. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely a problem with him controlling this much talent. This is... Uh, somebody whose livelihood really depends on making these big contracts because hey he's gotta he's gotta get his out of that exactly uh, and now he's letting that personal um, you know goal get in the way of the balance of the MLB yeah. and you can never let you know that balance hinge on one person yeah my I mean spring training is starting mm -hmm. it's not still coming it is starting yeah. How do you not sign in like a four or five month period? How? Not, not, it, it's the fact that there's five, five big names. Like it's yes. not like there's a lack of teams interested in these players. Yes. I think it literally yes. boils down to him just, it's, it's just greed. It's just wanting more and more and more. And 
Uh, yeah, the I don't know how the players feel about that. I'm sure they're being promised big things, big dreams out of Mr. Boros, uh, but I don't know. I, as a fan, uh, I also, think... Yeah. I mean, I, I also just look at it and I think, what is up with these nine-year, eight-year contracts? Mm-hmm. What is going on with that? I don't get it. I don't get it. No, I think teams are finally starting to get away from it, too, because you start getting injuries. Yeah. You start getting guys who, obviously, they, you know, they're not as good. It happens. Now, the Mariners go out and sign Julio when he's a rookie to an 18-year deal. All right. Yeah. But it has opt-outs in it. It has all these incentives to make him want to play better. Mm-hmm. But you got guys, you know, like Juan Soto, he's going to want a big contract yep. even after getting traded to the Yankees. What is going on? Why I don't I don't understand why all these players want six seven year contracts mm-hmm. eight year contracts show a ten years yeah I I understand they're the best in the biz but See, holy smokes I I completely agree uh, and it very well could boil down to the agents like they are formatting these contracts in different ways like look at Otani's contract I think that has completely changed the standard for the way these contracts are drafted he's making what uh, ten million subs. Or, oh, or t- yeah. He's making two million a season, uh, so he'll make twenty million for the next ten years, and then he's promised this uh, uh, what seven hundred? Uh, I don't know. Hundreds. The, the contract's ten years, seven hundred mil. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars deferred to after that ten-year period. Will he still be playing? Who knows? But I mean, I he's that. he's set up for his life and his great great grandchildren's lives. Uh, you got to respect that, but. It's going to kill the Dodgers. Yeah, it, it, it kind of kills the game when you're just promising this money and you're pushing it so far out that it doesn't affect the salary cap right now. Yeah. But it, it feels like a real sweep under the rug way to like uh, kind of hoard talent. Well, you always see guys still getting paid that are, you know, from our parents' time. Yeah. Like still getting money. Uh, yeah, what is it? The Bobby Bonilla day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting paid uh, by the Mets. I, I forget what day that a is. A million but dollars a yeah. year. But uh, think of Shohei getting that. That's not going to be a million dollars a year. It's going to be. That's going to be fifty like, million. Yeah, maybe. Or you know, I, I don't even know if it's a- anything. If it's anything like ten mil though, you're still mm-hmm. paying that. That's gonna. That might kill the Dodgers. That might screw them up for a yeah. long time. Who knows what like the economy is going to look like? Like where the money is going to be at? I, I it's think it's going to cost them more too. If it, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know if it adjusts for inflation. There's a lot of really interesting facets that are going into these contracts. But the bottom line is, I don't like to see. Um, the very top gets super bloated with all that money because the MLB is a very large organization mm-hmm. and it supports a lot of a lot of players, a lot of minor leaguers, and of minor uh, and those guys like they go through the struggle. So to see you know this much money being thrown around or them being so stubborn over not getting enough yeah. when there are minor leaguers out there that struggle. Uh, I think it's kind of hypocritical. You want to set a good example uh, for the players that are co- that are coming into these farm systems. Uh, you want to, you know, make sure that they're well taken care of. Um, I just think at the end of the day, these guys need to sign a contract. 
They're not players who want to sign mid-year and miss half the season. Yeah. They're just not. They got to sign soon, though, and I think uh, it's time to give a little leeway to what you might want. Absolutely. And, and, you know, maybe these ideas are coming from the players of what they want. Probably some of it. But I think it does come down to the free agent. And as a free agent, sometimes you got to tell a player some realistic stuff, too, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. you got to be honest and say, look, you might want 800 mil over 10 years. You might yeah. want whatever. I'm sorry. You're only getting maybe 150 mil or 125 mil. Yeah. And, oh, like, boohoo. Yeah. Boohoo. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's going to you up for life. So uh, in terms of actual, like, a, you know, fan perspective, I know Blake Snell is from the Seattle area. Yes. Uh, he's got to be interested in the Mariners. I'm sure he has asked uh, numerous times on, you know, what what that scene is looking like. Uh, he, as the reigning Cy Young, definitely commands a, a big paycheck. But where do you think he's going to end up? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be the Mariners if he wants a nine-year contract. I'll tell you that. True. Because uh, knowing the Mariners, uh, they're not spenders. No. They're not. Um, yes, we paid Julio over 18 years. Which is insane. But it's Julio. Yeah. Um, we paid he, Castillo. He's barely 18 years old. Yeah, yeah he's 20, 22, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Um, we, saw, we paid Luis Castillo the bag. Uh, and we played Robbie Ray at one point before we traded. Mm -hmm. But those are really the only big contracts we've done. And I just know over the years we yeah. don't pay guys. You've seen the pattern. And I will tell anybody out there that if he, if Snell is asking for a nine-year contract, which would probably be what, 150 mil over net, probably somewhere in there, mm -hmm. that's not going to happen on the market. Which is unfortunate because I think that in terms of culture match uh, yeah. is is perfect. Uh, if it isn't Snell staying in San Diego, which is not going to happen, uh, yeah, I think Seattle is the best place for him to land. And I'll tell you, the Mariners aren't going to get desperate and try to sign him. We're, they're good on some yeah, pitching, too. They are a, Castillo, a talented... Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, you got Wu, Miller. Uh, who am I missing? Kirby, George Kirby. And Kirby, yep. Three of those five are in the top ten projected yeah. pitchers of the year. I, I, I would assume... Uh, Snell's going to stay on the on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, I I would resent it if he ended up on the Giants, though. Yeah. I, I do say I do hope the Mariners get one of these guys. <laughs> I do. I don't know who, but I do hope. Yeah. All right. That's enough baseball talk. Enough baseball. We could talk forever. Let's talk about some college basketball stuff to start the week. Obviously, uh, first off, the weekend slate last week was amazing. It was juicy. Uh, very upset filled. Loved it. Um, did not disappoint. Already to start this week, Monday through Wednesday, Kansas lost by 29 points. 29 points on the road to Texas. Where did that come from? No idea. Number seven UNC, they lost to Syracuse. Another loss for the Tar Heels. Mm -hmm. And then you have Indiana State getting ranked for the first time since Larry Bird. And then losing right off the bat. Right after the <laughs> I think if you get ranked, it's got to be – you get jinxed or something. You, you immediately yeah. lose. But, uh, I mean, respect to them for, for making it, I guess. I, I hope they enjoyed their, their time in the I fun. will say, if Indiana State makes a tournament, they're upsetting whoever they play. Really? You think so? Right. Even if they're a 16 seed? Indiana State. Well, they'll be 
They're going to make the tourney. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a uh, 12, 11. Okay. They're upsetting them. Yeah, I mean, that's always, uh, you know, those 12 versus 5 or, or 12 versus 4, 11 versus 5, those, those games always, always have at least a few upsets. Uh, so, yeah, you are, you heard it here first. Um, well, let's see where my bracketology has real quick. If I – oh, I can't even load it up right now. Sorry. Never mind. But I think I had them at an 8 seed or so. Or okay. I had them pretty high. But we'll, we'll see where they, they fall on that yeah. list as, as the time goes on. Um, but yeah, what a what an exciting slate it was. Um, some of the, I remember looking. I had one upset that you guys didn't have. It was UNLV taking down New Mexico. Gosh, uh, yeah, you called that, didn't you, last week? Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, the the Mountain West. Uh, you know, they they will have they will have random games, uh, but those those teams are all hungry, uh, and UNLV is. I don't know. I could say the same about New Mexico, but they always seem to yeah. just find a way to scrap scrap their way to, How about, uh, to victory. Tennessee get Tennessee got absolutely blown out this weekend. Yeah, I was yeah. I was not expecting that of course, whatsoever. Owen Goldsmith called it. Of course he did. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, there were. You still called Boston College, though. <laughs> oh, how about Auburn also getting blown out? They obviously – Auburn, though, talk about that. They just beat South Carolina last night by, like, 40. It, these games are bizarre. Uh, like, just the the margin. The margin that uh, that teams are winning and losing uh, is, is crazy. Like, yeah. um, uh, you know, our, our Aztecs, uh, them just taking down CSU it was one of the strangest but, like, most fun second halves I've watched in a while. Them outscoring, what, 40-11? Yeah. to 11? They, were, uh, they were down in that ballgame at halftime. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Um, but just, it, it's like, a team putting up 50 points in 40 minutes just, uh, I don't know, it doesn't entirely sit right with me, but... It's still fun. It's still exciting, surprisingly. Hey, you might, coming back to Indiana State, you might uh-huh. think this is crazy. People might think this is crazy. I have them as a four seed. A four seed? You know what? They did just lose, so they're probably about a six seed now. Okay. Joe Lenardi has them as about a seven right now. They're, they, but they'll probably go into the tournament as like an eight, nine. Yeah. Realistic. They, they'll, they'll fall off a bit. but Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. They will upset whoever they play. I like it. And talk about, you know, my first four right out right now are Utah, Nebraska, Boise State, just just right there. They're Mm -hmm. not making it. And then A&M, who just crushed Tennessee. But they're still, I think, in the first four out because they just lost. Um, Gonzaga's floating in and out for me, too, which is a very interesting topic. Mm -hmm. Gonzaga got a much-needed win against Kentucky, too, last weekend. I was the only one who got that one. That was fun. We were all – we were down in the Zags. Kentucky's – that's another topic. But – yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a great year for March Madness. A great yeah. year. I think the 1 through 12 seed, maybe even 13 seed, all like they can all be upset. I yeah. think I think 1 through 8 can be upset this year. Not a doubt in my mind. Do you think this is the year that we get the perfect bracket? <laughs> Nobody's getting it. <laughs> okay, now I just said it. The, I mean, someone's going to get it now. I said it. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think I've ever <laughs> You look at the Big 12 Conference, the Mountain West Conference even. I mean, you can even go to the SEC too. Those conferences are like 
if you're on the road, you lose. Yep. If you're at home, you can even you lose, you drop a couple games. Yeah. The only team who hasn't really dropped a game at home in the Mountain West is SDSU. Yep. But yeah, a knock on wood. But gosh, I mean, the the level of talent is so equal now yes. across the board. It is going to be a great tournament here. A absolutely great one. It might. It might be the best March Madness we've had when it comes to upsets. I'm, I'm so excited. But that's why I say nobody's going to perfect bracket. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of brackets, uh, I think we'll have a special installment uh, coming out of Breakpoint Podcast. Uh, you know, doing uh, doing some uh, doing some brackets, and we'll have the the algorithm generating its own bracket. Uh, yeah, we're thinking of actually doing a um, a beat the bracket tourney. Yeah. So beating the Breakpoint bracket. Which would be? You think you can do it, fellas? Breakpoint bracket's been over seventy-five, per, like averaging seventy-two percent since two thousand fifteen. So, yeah, it's, I'm it's a, I'm excited to uh, see what people come might up be a with. Money, there might be a money incentive. Yeah, who knows? Might be one. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw a couple bucks in. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down. Um, let's get into this weekend slate. The college basketball pick'em. Um, oh. Last week was fun. I got a little caught up. I got I had a sixteen yeah. and six record last week. Yep. Owen, who's not here this week, had a fourteen and eight. You sixteen and six. Oh yeah. You you tied me there. And then Mason Cox, who was our guest last week, went fourteen and eight, tied with Owen. Um, but overall, all time record. I'm sitting at twenty five and fourteen. Also is Owen Goldsmith, and you are just leading the pack, aren't you? Over there at twenty eight and eleven. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, I I gotta thank my friends, my family. No, nah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll keep it going here. My girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Go through them all. Giving me advice on all the picks. <laughs> yeah. No. I I would like to shout out Jade. Like her her bracket last year. I was just talking about this uh, with Jack off uh, off the mic. She was in the top like the top ninety nine point nine percent, and and she went purely based on vibes. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, we might have to. It's, it's uh, always the people who. Uh Never watch a single college basketball game during the regular season, and then uh, <laughs> seem to know everything about the tourney. I, I saw her make her bracket. She was like, "Oh, their mascot is cute." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the proof is in the pudding. We, we got to start good on that wave, honestly. Yeah, Who no, cares about what team we think is actually vibes. good. Pure vibes. I like it. Uh, all right, let's start off. Uh, let's go from the bottom. So let's like start it. with the 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 bottom ranked team to the to the mm-hmm. number one. So right off the bat, on Sunday we have FAU at South Florida. I have Florida Atlantic taking that one. Yeah, uh, they they can't lose that in Florida matchup. Give me <laughs> Dude, FAU. They, they love to make them close though. That's true. FAU for both of us. Then we go to twenty three Indiana State, who just lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they win lose two though. I think they beat. Southern Illinois. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trusting you slotting them in at at four uh, in there. <laughs> yeah, give me Indiana yeah. State. All right, then we go to Virginia and Wake Forest. Wake Forest has been very hot as of recent. They have a Gonzaga tra- two Gonzaga transfers there, um, but it's at Virginia's place, and I think Virginia just lost already this week. Yeah. A team like Virginia losing twice in a row, um, as good as Wake Forest has been. I think Virginia's going to take it. Okay. I'm going to go with Wake Forest just because I think they're a bubble team and uh, 
They re- I think they really want to make it. Yeah. I think they have the talent, too. So I think they're going to try and pull that one out in Virginia. It's a promising game. Uh, Wisco, who's been on a big slide sitting at 20 now, playing Iowa. Mm. Iowa just had a bad loss to Maryland. Yeah, this is at Iowa. This is this is a coin toss for me, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lock it in at Wisco. I, I think back against the wall, they they gotta win. Yeah, I think Wisco will take care of it. Um, going up to Oklahoma State, BYU's coming there. Uh, let's see there, BYU. They've been doing really good lately, actually. Yeah, I I had them uh, I had them in last weekend slate. I'll take BYU. You know what? This is at Oklahoma State. Um, Mm. I, I'm, I'm taking them. I'm taking them. Okay. Give me OSU. OSU. Yeah. I think right. they're they're gonna surprise. They they yeah, gotta they, they gotta put on for for Cade. I, I think Cade's gonna be, you know, <laughs> for Cade and them. Yeah, for Cade and them. So now we got Creighton going to Butler. I think Creighton takes care of business. Yeah, Creighton. Okay, next up we got Dayton, who I personally think is overranked against Fordham. 16 is kind of crazy. Yeah, I do think they take down Fordham, though. Yeah, Dayton. All right, we got Bama, number 15, Mm. Texas A&M. A&M just Mm. absolutely Mm. destroyed Tennessee, but then I believe they've already lost this week. Yeah, give me Bama here. Uh, Is that Bama's voice? Yeah, I I respect the Aggies, but... um, yeah, they're, they're not taking down the tide. I'll take Bama. Um, Illinois, going to Maryland. That'll be fun, but uh, I'm, I'm taking Illinois still. Illinois sent out 14. I take them. Yeah. A great matchup. Number Here 13, Auburn versus the sliding Kentucky team. Yeah, this is this one's in Auburn, and uh, I think that one can't. Auburn just destroyed. Yeah. That 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 can't be understated. So, gotta gotta stick with Auburn there. Kentucky losing again. I got Auburn too. Number twelve Baylor at West Virginia. I'm gonna take the Bears. Yeah, I I want to go with West Virginia just to be different, but I can't. Yeah. I can't. Give me the give me the Bears. Okay, and then we go to South Carolina sitting at eleven versus Louisiana State. Mm. Those LSU boys. That one's gonna be spicy. I'm going to take South Carolina because they just got absolutely throttled by Auburn. They got something to prove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got to take it out on a – you know, like those those videos, people playing Madden. Yeah. I'm sure there were a bunch of Niners yeah. fans up like 900 to 6 on the – On the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in the same vein, uh, yeah. I'm going to take USC. Okay. Um, then we go number 10, Iowa State versus Texas Tech. And Texas Tech has been going ranked and unranked, ranked yeah. and unranked like every Mountain West team. Um, but for the Big 12 instead, I got Iowa State. Yeah, you know, here, this one's going to be my upset of the week. Okay. I, just because, like, they're so sporadic uh, in the rankings. Give me Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to – I think that's a good pick, though. Uh, number 9, Duke at Florida State. I'm taking Florida State. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to lock in Duke. Uh, I think they're just a powerhouse. That's going to be a great game. I think Duke personally is overranked, and that's I need to see him lose. I need to see him lose. Number eight, Tennessee, who just got beat a ton last weekend by yeah. Texas A&M, is playing Vanderbilt, who is also, you know, Vandy's, they're in the bottom of the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry, SEC. My bad. 
I, I'm not too worried about that if I'm a Tennessee fan. Uh, so I'm going to lock in on the Bulls. Yep, same here. Then North Carolina taking on VTech. Um, North Carolina for me, I don't think they lose again. Yeah. Uh, but Vot- I say that every week. VTech is not the the basketball team that they once were man they were they were so much fun in like they were always an upset team yes you know they 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 were a good time uh but yeah north carolina sorry okay and then we go kansas who just lost to start the week by 29 points to texas tech who you just took uh-huh playing oklahoma who's another team that keeps jumping in and out of that big 12 yeah i think this is the start of the uh of the jayhawk slide give me oklahoma uh, yeah. At Oklahoma. Yeah, I'll ride that with you. Okay, let's go. Let's go. It'll be a fun ride. Arizona, number five in the country, taking on their rival Arizona State. I'm taking Zona. Yeah, it's going to be Zona. Yeah, Arizona State's not like that this year, in my opinion. Uh, Number three, Houston, taking on Texas. Houston's just been on a tear. I don't see them losing. I hope not. I'm taking Houston. Yeah, give me Houston. And then number two, Purdue, Purdue is playing on Sunday versus the Ohio State. The. I got Purdue. Yeah, it's Purdue. Uh, they're statistically better. Yeah. They're, they're a more well-rounded team. It would be about that time of year, though, where they probably could drop a game, but I don't think it would be against them. Now, matchup of the week, UConn versus Marquette. It's mm. at UConn's place. Mm. 1v4 matchup. I love me some Golden Eagles. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to take the Golden Eagles here. Marquette. I got some boys that go there. Shout out to them. You got the insider tip. They've been... Uh... I've always kind of liked Marquette. Yeah. I've always liked them. No, they're, they're a fun team. It's like Marquette and Xavier, for me, have always been those like low-key yeah. teams. Like, I, I, I like watching them win. I love to see Marquette. Uh, and in terms of pure saltiness uh from last year's finals i'm riding marquette with you (laughs) i feel you yeah (laughs) all righty so we just filled all that out our big game we're both riding marquette on yeah 1v4 it's about time uconn loses a game i think it's about time yeah i hope (laughs) they're they're, they're human right come on Uh, maybe not (laughs) (laughs) only time will tell but uh yeah regardless um it's going to be a fun weekend slate. If you play along with us, please let us know uh, where you agree, where you don't, and we'll see where the standings are at later on. We were more or less uh, pretty similar this this week, yeah. so I don't know if there's going to be a lead change in the all-time record. We'll get um, Goldsmith's picks, too. That'll change Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll have well. those locked in for the post. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, out of these games, uh, you know, obviously UConn Marquette promises to be uh, a really fun one. But yeah, uh, I think both of us taking Oklahoma uh, over Kansas, that, that's going to be the game to watch. You and I are just riding these upsets on the ranked games. I mean, they, Except they've Auburn. Been, they've been crazy this year. They really have. Yeah, they have. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for the Point Podcast. Thank you, Tubbs, for being here. Um, this was a good show. Absolutely. I loved it. We talked a little bit about the Super Bowl, a little bit about the unfortunate shooting going on there. Um, we pray for the victims. And then we jumped over to the NBA, a little all-star stuff, mm-hmm. and a little bit of MLB stuff. So this was a good show. I like it. Good yeah. Show. We got a lot more sports coming your way. It's been a ton of fun, Jack. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will catch you on Episode 5. Peace.